hosted by Jason Bryan and providing the latest insights on telecoms trends from around the world. This is Rocco Radio. Welcome to Rocco Radio. I'm Jason Bryan and you're listening to Well Connected. Rocco Radio is bringing you the fresh news and insights about telecoms roaming, messaging, fraud and security and interconnect, as we do in our reports, our Genesis event and our magazine. Well Connected is a podcast show. It's been running for about six years now, where we get to know a little bit better our industry's personalities. In this Well Connected podcast, we interview Namin Sobi, Vice President Carrier Relations at Sequence. Namin was voted the most influential woman in the Rocker 100 2022 last year. So naturally, we want to know more about her and her story. In her podcast, Namin talks about the challenges she faced being a woman in the world of telecoms engineering, her career in Egyptian mobile operators, and her role in sequence. As well as giving some great advice for people who may feel like they need a push to move to the next level in their careers. How you communicate with people, how you present your work, how you interact with your peers, with your management, with your subordinates, is how you build your brand or how you make your character impacting or influencing people around you. It's a real pleasure to be here with Nermeen Sobi. Did I say your name correctly, Nermeen? Yeah, Nermeen Sobhi. In Arabic, Sobhi. Okay. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. And you, you're the Carrier Relations Vice President in Sequence. Yeah, I've been uh, appointed uh, VP Carrier Relations in Sequence since uh, a couple of months. <laughs> it's a new role. I've joined them uh, recently. Yes, we saw the news and it's uh, another chapter in your amazing story. I say amazing because we heard so much, so many positive things, so many amazing compliments about you in the industry in the Rocker 100 of course because ah, yeah. you were the, the most influential woman in this year's Rocker 100 in 2022 so it was an amazing result how did you feel about that yeah it's really amazing I was really felt surprised and felt that it's kind of awarding for all my career all over the telecom since I started so it's good to know that uh, People are appreciating you and people can see the hard work you're doing and the added value you do to the market. So I've never been imagining that it can be something better than what I have did in the Rocco 100. Because actually, it's not the word that I get it by something like attending an event or something. It's by voting and by our peer and our colleagues in the market uh, voting. So uh, I really felt very, very happy and uh, it's maybe the biggest thing that happened in my career that to be acknowledged from my colleagues all over the world. So uh, I really liked it. And the whole experience was amazing, actually, especially when we attended the event in Genesis in uh, Spain and that I met uh, our colleagues <laughs> in person. So it's yeah. good to listen to compliments from people and to see it written and see it's reflected into an award <laughs> that is being uh, Everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for this, Rocco. No, I mean, for it's all my colleagues who voted for me. No, all the credit is on you. You're clearly one of the most admired people in our industry. 
this is something we don't always get a lot of recognition for what we do in our jobs. And I think it was so wonderful for me to see all of the complimentary things said about you, which came through in the voting for the Rocker 100. So I'm very pleased for you. You certainly have influenced and been an important part of our industry so far. So that's really incredible. So, yeah, congratulations. I, I, I hope I'll be after this uh, position because you know that you have to keep this image and make sure that it's uh, continuing while you're doing your job every day. This is true. Once you reach uh, the top, it's like, uh, how do I <laughs> yeah, you have to keep continue it. to... <laughs> it's harder now than before. <laughs> so, Namin, people want to know more about you. And you gave a great presentation during Genesis last year, but I would like to dig a little bit deeper. We want to know a little bit more about what makes Nermin tick, if you know what I mean. So I wanted to ask you, we wanted to know a little bit more about what is your your background? What was it like for you? I was a child who used to uh, be raised in normal conditions, in normal situation in Arab country, in Egypt. I used to uh, love my country and I, I stayed uh, most of the time in Egypt. And uh, since I started uh, studying, maybe it's kind of my parents' persistence to make me uh, always the best in the class. <laughs> so they are always uh, supporting me and pushing me always to be ranked in the first rank. So uh, that makes me always see that I have to be uh, doing my job and doing my efforts uh, to the maximum. So this is how I've been, I've been raised. So next, when I started to uh, think what will be my future, what will be my studies after uh, finishing school, I believe that I had one target to be an engineer. <laughs> that was my, my okay. ambition and that was my dream. And even when I was in school at my room, I just mentioned something like engineer Nermin and put something like on my desk while studying. So this is my target and I put it my, in front of my eyes all the time. And oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thanks God that uh, I had a target, which is usually uh, when you are maybe a teenager, it's not uh, easy to have a direction or a target uh, that you work for. So I was lucky enough to know what I want. Although that my parents were not engineers, by the way, by the way. <laughs> but I don't know why. That's what I liked. And that's what I felt that I can be fitting in. And I started putting this dream in, in front of my eyes. And I started working for it, actually, since I was in the school. And... Surprising enough, when I was in the last year of high school, I got a very high score, actually. People around me started to give me fearing that uh, engineering is very difficult and you're not going to be fitting as a female in the engineering industry and you will find work very hard when you do the side tasks. So it's not for you. So it's better that you got all this score, the very high score to apply for um, medicine. You'll be fitting more as a doctor. And the blah, blah. So I started like people were trying to push me away from my dream and uh, giving me feeling that uh, engineering will be difficult for a female. And it's better to go for medicine that you got a very high score, which is rare to be gotten in your age. So you have to apply for uh, medicine. And I started feeling pressure. So you know that I applied for medicine and uh, I put the first selection as medicine and the second selection is engineering. And I said, Okay, let's see what will happen. So I got 
faculty of medicine. Okay, so you can imagine that I attended the first day. The second days, I apologized and went to the <laughs> the faculty uh, management. I want to change. I cannot continue and I want to change and go back to faculty of engineering. They told me, though, now time passed and uh, we started the year. I told them, to, I'm so sorry, I can even repeat, Yani, make another year, but I want to apply for engineering. And they started supporting me and redirecting me to faculty of engineering. And I joined in the second term or maybe end of the first term. And I could make it and I, I didn't pass the year and I actually made the exam on time. I felt that that was my dream. So, <laughs> so I, I couldn't imagine myself in another faculty. I felt that if you have a dream and you feel that you can do better in this, trust your gut feeling and uh, look after your, your dream and you will get uh, a better chance to make it. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing advice. So what, yeah. what type of engineering were you thinking of then at the beginning? I was originally thinking about uh, engineering for architecture, but at that time, it was the start of booming for the telecom industry. The part related to uh, starting uh, mobile operators started having a lot of work and a lot of uh, technology around and uh, the studies started to be everywhere. You know that in the preparatory year in uh, the Faculty of Engineering, you study on and you start getting your major in the second uh, year. By end of the preparatory year, I decided to apply for telecom and I applied for telecom engineering and it was one of the major very rare because it was just starting at the few years before I joined. So yeah, they were selecting very few people. So I had to work hard to get the highest score to apply for this uh, major. Thanks God that I did it and applied for telecom and joined the, from the very few people joined recently. Yeah. Was it very tough to get into telecoms engineering? Yeah, it's it quite a niche area, isn't it? Yeah, first year was very hard for me, actually, because it was a new thing to study in engineering sector at that time. And uh, I started uh, exploring everything. I felt that it's very difficult to measure why I didn't go for something that's more easier. Engineering is already a hard thing to do. <laughs> so why I'm always selecting the most hard thing to do. <laughs> but uh, I believe that it just needed some understanding and some focusing on what should you understand the basics and the rules of engineering and the telecom. And once you're done, the best thing in engineering that if you understand well, you don't need to study more. And that's my key point of doing everything now. Engineering supported me in changing the way of thinking. It's not just the sitting behind the laptop and reading the book uh, many hours. It's just if you understand well, you do everything after easily. Oh, great. No, I mean, it's something which uh, I didn't study engineering in telecoms. You know. <laughs> I, I got into you. <laughs> yeah, I got into telecoms in a, in a different route, but it's always, but a lot of the people in our industry did study engineering. And yeah, to understand the network, of course, is a, is a major thing. It's something very exciting and, and, and important to, to know how it works. What happened next? What happened after you were at university when you had, you completed your degree? Yeah, I completed my degree and graduated uh, with good uh, with good score and uh, started to apply for jobs. I was lucky enough that the first job I applied for it was at Schlumberger. At Schlumberger, I used to work as typical engineer. 
I work as a field engineer in my other role and <laughs> safety boot and site engineer, actually. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, exactly. So for me, it was uh, like typical engineer <laughs> we see in uh, films and everything that. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it was a helmet. Yeah, if you draw an engineer <laughs> when you're school, this is a typical that I was doing. <laughs> I started working there. It was less than one year, but I really enjoyed it because actually I learned a lot. I learned how to be under pressure. It's not just pressure, stress or something. It's pressure even that you are in the field and that uh, out of your uh, countries downtown and uh, you're uh, overnight sleeping in the, the office. And uh, it was hard for me as a female just graduated to act like that, that we, we call it like the army for the men <laughs> when they go graduated and they apply for the army <laughs> for the yeah. first year. For me, it was something like that. To strengthen my uh, skills of how to bear with the conditions you are working. It's not everything that is easy. You have to control everything around you and make the best out of it and survive till you get your work done. Yeah. For me, it was a very good experience. I enjoyed it. But actually, my dream was to work in telecom as mobile operators. So I kept working for Schlumberger till I found an opportunity. And then I moved to uh, Vodafone, Egypt. It was that time, Click GSM, the first name uh, in the market. And I started working there uh, as the telecom engineer, core network engineer, starting them from the switching part. So that's what I, I really aimed for when I applied for telecom. So working in the networking side, uh, understanding how signaling is going on. So for me, that all the base I applied for and I built on it all my next steps for my career. So in Vodafone, you were also you're working on roaming or was... What was your role in, in Vodafone as a core network engineer? Would you Were you also working on roaming? I started uh, Vodafone as the switching engineer. I started working for the part related to switching and signaling and uh, acceptance for uh, switches. And it was a very technical role. In between that, I started to handle the roaming part, signaling the C7 requests and the IREC testing. I do the IREC testing, uh, basically, and DADIC testing. And all the roaming basics, I started from scratch, actually. So uh, <laughs> for roaming for me and the international work, I started as a junior at that time. And uh, I started building upon this experience till I managed the whole uh, roaming team, including all the roaming, wow. uh, all the roaming aspects and uh, roaming. At that part of time, it was not, uh, I stayed for almost seven years in Vodafone. At that part of time, it was not like uh, just roaming. So you worked in, in Vodafone for seven years and then what happened next? What happened next? Uh, we started to have third entrance in the market, it was it to Salat. I joined Salat as well uh, from the startup phase. I joined at that time, you know, that uh, the rooming business at that time was a bit of changing from just uh, focusing on the technicality, started the concept of steering and wholesale agreement and this part. So I moved uh, in it to Salat, managing the rooming team from different angle of having both the part related to agreements and doing the part related to business and doing the part related to value-added services steering and all this stuff. It was for me a good experience and that because I was actually building the team from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you join in a startup phase, it's good uh, that uh, you see that uh, you can do more, you can add uh, from your experience to the place and you are learning from uh, being in a startup phase a lot. It's not just doing a normal job. 
So I started building the team, uh, hiring people and doing the structure. For me, it was a very good journey into Salat. Uh, thanks God that I managed to uh, have a good uh, legacy. I believe that uh, I left behind a very good team, well established people are very high candidate calibers in the markets. And uh, for the work that uh, I had a target to achieve or overachieve what I did in Vodafone from rollout and the partners connectivity. And uh, I managed to do more. So it was a very good success story for me, added a lot to me. I think uh, we started to build the business, not just started with the roaming and that's it. No, we started to having the scope of national roaming. We started to having the by time the SMS, which is a new revenue stream in the market since a few years back. So building every few years a new revenue stream or a new function, that makes me feeling that uh, it's always good to look what's going on around you and uh, cope with the changes and catch up with the market very quickly. So you will be the first in the market. Yeah, amazing. An amazing journey. You were with Atisalat for 15 years. A long journey. Yeah, you must have seen a lot of changes in the company over that that amount of time as it grew as a a business. Yeah, a lot of changes actually. Joining or changing from a startup phase to being the third entrant in the market, then... uh, I believe that uh, working hard, not only the roaming team, all the teams are working hard and coping with the market change to become maybe the second player in the market by time and having bigger market share than what was expected when uh, Tesolat started. That was really a very good job from all the Tesolat team and from uh, all departments. It's not only roaming. Fantastic. So now you've made a change. How did you start working for for Sequence, your current company? It was just a couple of months ago. Recently, I decided to have a change in my career since maybe a couple of years. I was trying to think how to make a shift in my career because sometimes, as you said, that I've been in Salat since almost 15 years. It's a long journey, but sometimes you feel saturated and you feel that you need a new challenge. I'm not used to be saturated. I'm always like to be learning and adding to my experience, adding to my skills. I've never been saturated of development. I started to think how to make this change. And for me, Sequence was a good opportunity to accept because actually it's more than enough to work from the mobile operator side for more than 20 years. It's good to see the other side of uh, of the business. It's good to to jump to the other side and see what's going on there. Maybe you add value, maybe you learn more. And uh, for me, that was, I believe it's going to be a good uh, chapter in my uh, career of doing something different, building on my experience and my connection in the region and uh, my roaming and international and SMS uh, experience. Doing it from the other side, I believe it's going to be a win-win story for me and for Sequence to have more market share, to have more expansion in the region, to have more business legacy. So I believe it's going to be a new chapter in my uh, career. Inshallah, it will be a good one. <laughs> so what attracted you to your current role? Can you tell us a couple of things that you love about your current role? First of all, 
joining a company like Sequence, I believe that they are in an expansion and the growth phase now. They have an expansion plan which has attracted me to join them in this phase to have uh, more market share, more offices in different countries. So you are exposed not just for the local market you are working on, you are exposed to many uh, markets. And uh, it's good to see what's going on in other markets. And uh, the other part that uh, the scope is a bit wider, which is not just uh, roaming and international. Sequence are one of the uh, very good platforms for CPAS uh, platform and the cloud communication services. I believe this is the trend now and uh, the coming phase of com- communication after having the A2P SMS in the past years booming. I believe cloud communication going to do uh, a lot of uh, trends uh, in the next few years. So it's good to join in this phase to catch up with the market change recently happening. Yeah, it's certainly a very interesting area, isn't it, CPAS? It seems to have just recently emerged, but it's something which really brings together all the different opportunities that enterprises have in in messaging. And, well, certainly I think it's a very exciting area to try to, to look at supporting the enterprises with very diversified solutions. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I'm telling you. It's a wider scope that uh, supporting enterprises with cloud communication solutions and the CPaaS platforms, supporting mobile operators, not only in one region, it's ma- in, it's a global uh, scope. I believe uh, it's going to be a good scope, a wider scope that supports me to add more value and support sequence to expand more and more. I see a lot of potential in growing and uh, it's good to join in this phase. So why is your role in sequence important, would you say? What is the kind of work that you're that you're doing? What is important about your role in sequence? I should be the vice president of carrier relations department. The role is to manage all carrier relations with all mobile operators all over the globe, regional. The main part that attracted me in that phase is to start structuring the team and start building up the business here. For me, it's attractive to have something uh, from scratch and you start building it and Mm -hmm. uh, do the structure and do the part related to connectivity. It was handled before like part of the uh, operations or part of the uh, partnership department. But now with main focus of sequence or the expansion, they start to separate this as a main department separate. It will be adding more value to the business. And uh, for the part related to the business, I should be handling all connectivity with mobile operators and carriers. I should be supporting them to build direct partnership for the SMS, for the cloud communication, supporting enterprises to have digital solutions with the most advanced communication techniques. It's an amazing role. It's, and it seems yeah. to me that something that you're, you're made for, because looking back at the history with Vodafone, with Etisalat, and now here, you're a builder. You're somebody who builds the team, who creates the environment. It's a very creative project in a sense. Yeah, actually, that's uh, something that attracted me as well, uh, because, you know, that uh, I feel alive when I build something. I feel alive when I add value. So uh, I hope I can do it this time. (laughs) So let me ask you another question more on a personal level. Which hurdles did you 
personally face um, in your career? You know, which hurdles did you face in your career and how did you overcome them? There must have been challenges, challenges along the way. You know what I mean? On the go, you face a lot of issues. By time, I find that everything is minor. Usually when I started your career as engineer or in the corporate, as a female, sometimes you feel that you need to survive more to prove that being a female is not something that will make me not capable of doing my job well or be committed or be attending at every uh, travel or everything. So I believe uh, that was one of the things uh, you may face. But by time and by the hard work, I believe that was not a showstopper anymore. Uh, you make a brand for your name <laughs> and people can uh, make sure that uh, you are always doing the good job regards of your uh, background or being female or male or something like that. I see. So you're saying that because you're female, you feel like you need to work harder in order to to be recognized as equal. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you face this with some people. Some people are maybe uh, just assume that female are not that much committed. Uh, but I believe that uh, it's based on the character, not being a female or a male. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, a very important point. So based on what you know of all these telecoms companies you worked for, how do you think that telecoms companies today can improve the way they work? You know that uh, the market is very dynamic and uh, we uh, see changes every day in every aspect of uh, the market. And uh, being stuck just, uh, if you remember that the fixed, uh, mobile, uh, the fixed uh, platforms before it was the all the telephony industry was just fixed. And by time it became something like uh, obsolete and the mobile operators came. Now mobile operators are just uh, doing the part related to mobile uh, services. And now the market is changing to have all telco and all services digitalized and that uh, everything is well connected and the uh, digital experience, connecting enterprises to do everything, uh, OTTs and everything. I believe that the mergers and acquisitions happening in the market should support mobile operators, not just to provide the main service of mobile services. So by time, mergers should be taken into consideration to support all telco services that a customer need, not just the mobile operator. I believe that the major groups are now working behind this. They are providing all technology services in one uh, platform. So uh, this may support the enterprises and the customer, the end user to have everything digitalized, everything at uh, fingerprint. So uh, it's good to have mobile operators accumulating all their experience with the new wave of the market of having all everything is digitalized. This is a very important point because I think digital transformation is something that's that's happening all around us, right? But it often feels that telecoms operators aren't quite ahead on this. You know, they need to work a little bit harder, would you say? Do you think this is correct? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm actually trying to say, that uh, it needs to be looking to the change and dynamics in the market to have a full portfolio of technology and uh, digitalized services to the customer, not just supporting the voice calls, because by time it's going to be an obsolete, like fixed the lines 20 years back. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like there's so much competition in the voice market, let's say, that it's only a matter of time before traditional voice services become less and we're using more data, you know, also 
It feels like SMS is is great. It's a great service today. It's one of the oldest and, and most reliable services in the industry, but is it going to meet the, the demands of the future? So these kind of services that telecoms operators are offering, they're key, but there's a lot of disruption, right? What would you say is the the areas that you're most excited about in the messaging space? In the messaging space, I believe that it's developing uh, year over year. And uh, it's not just receiving an SMS and that's it. Now the cloud communication, I believe, going to be the the coming uh, near future. Using now mobile apps and OTTs and everything that uh, you need to be connected from all apps together, having your profile unified with all. So supporting the customer with uh, cloud communication platforms or CPaaS or whatever platform you are merging with as an enterprise or an end user. So this will make it easier for a customer to have all his work collected together. So the role of operators and for the enterprises now is to think how to merge all these experiences together and to make it a user experience easier for the customer or add a value to the daily and the quick lifestyle now people are uh, having. I believe that uh, that cloud communications is going to be the future of the messaging uh, in the next uh, near future. Fantastic. No, I think you're right. And it's something which uh, we're watching very carefully. Very interested to know how it's going to emerge. And when you think about CPA solutions and the diverse way that people communicate these days, it seems to be growing in diversity, lots of different ways to to reach people. So yeah, it's a fascinating area. Yeah, you know, you see that now when, when a customer is searching for something, sometimes now people are not interested to have a call of with a customer care or something, it's easier to have a chatbot or WhatsApp uh, integration or uh, messenger integration. So you can just write or text uh, your complaint or your query and that you receive a digital feedback. So this is quicker and faster for the customer. So now people don't have time to have long calls and stay on the queue or IVR, listening to IVR and wasting time. So <laughs> we should cope with the lifestyle of uh, our customers to better serve them. So over the course of your career, because I'm particularly interested in in how you got to where you are, what do you wish you would have known when you were in university? You know, when you when you gave up the opportunity to work in medicine and you went into engineering, you were very clear, that's what I want to do. If you could tell something to your younger self, let's say, or what would you have wished to have known then when you were starting out? Any advice that you would give to your younger self? I wish I would know that I should take it more easy. Actually, I'm a persistent person and I usually to think about everything. And I, if I have faced any problem, I do a lot of effort and way of thinking to find out a solution. But uh, I realized that uh, this shouldn't impact my whole day, my whole days. When I do think about something, I should isolate the part related to work from the other aspects of my life and have this balance between focusing on my career and surviving other personal uh, stuff like my sports, my habits, my traveling. I'm the one who used to travel a lot and uh, do sports and everything. So when I get engaged in uh, my career, 
I started focusing to prove myself and start focusing on learning everything quickly. And uh, I believe in the first few years of my career, I started losing some sports and some habits I used to do. By time, I regret and uh, started refocusing on my personal life again and doing this balance. It's good for one to focus on the career, especially when you are joining a new position or a new company, but it's not good to make work that everything in your life. So it's good to have this balance and uh, this balance is going to support you to have a relieved mindset and have balanced way of thinking to better doing your job. And what advice would you give to young people today who are starting out in this environment? What would you, what would your advice be to them? It's communication. I believe that anyone can learn and uh, how they do their work and the technical expertise, they can learn it by time through any training or hands-on. But communication is the more more factor that's impacting your character, impacting how you deal with people. Because at the end, we do business with people. So how you communicate with people, how you present your work, how you interact with your peers, with your management, with your subordinates, is how you build your brand or how you make your character impacting or influencing people around you. So it's all about communication and how you treat people around you. Technically, you can learn it at any point of time, but be aware of the way you communicate with people is the most thing that's impacting your career. It's interesting what you said there because you mentioned your brand. So you you believe people have their own brand. Yeah. I believe that everyone should work on his personal brand. It's your brand. We need to tell the name that X, you can recall how they do their work, how they add value, how they communicate with others. So we should all work on how we are perceived with others. So personal branding is uh, something that everyone should work on to make impact in the environment or impact in the place he is working uh, for. I think this is something that's totally true. I think in... When you look at people in the industry, and you're a great example of this, they move from company to company, and it's about the way that they do things. I think too often we think about companies in terms of brands, and it's it's impossible really for a company to have all its workforce believe in its own personal brand. It's really about the people behind And I think this is a really good point that you make. I think by understanding what it is that you offer as a as a person, you can move from company to company and you'll always be, it's not who you work for, it's, it's about you as a person. Exactly. Because at the end, uh, you give an image of your personality and the way you do work via the brand people see. You know that when you buy a car, when you buy anything from any brand, Every brand has something that's significant about it. Something customer focus, something reliability, something price oriented. And you as a person working in an environment of multinational companies, people around you from all nationalities, from all backgrounds, you should be differentiated by how you do work and the value you are adding. So it's your brand at the end. You should work on giving a very good image of your work and your personality to be perceived well in the environment around you. I think this is the best advice. <laughs> really, I Thank you. totally agree with you. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Anything else that you would like to to say about the industry we work in today? 
I really enjoy what I'm doing and I really enjoy uh, the industry dynamics and uh, how it's uh, changing day over day. And uh, it's not easy to cope with all these changes, but it's exciting to be uh, looking after everything new and uh, making more and developing your skills and your business to cope with the changes and meet your customer needs very quickly. So I believe that uh, everyone should uh, focus on the coming future on how to develop and how to cope with these changes to be always in on the top, either a company or a person or anything. I have another question for you, Namin, because you are you to me are somebody who is really aware of our industry. So there's a lot of people saying because after COVID, you know, we came into this environment where the conferences all are trying to get back going, you know, all the conferences are there again. Is it important to meet face to face or can I can you do all of your work remotely? What's your fe- feeling about that? Frankly speaking, having uh, work uh, online and uh, you can do everything remotely is something good and adding to how quickly we move uh, with business. But I believe we still, as humans, need a face-to-face interaction. Maybe it's not on daily basis, but at least from time to time, you have to meet people face-to-face. You have to build rapport. You know that uh, majority of our work is based on um, communication and based on how you build the credibility with people and how you behave with them because this is reflecting the company you are working for. So uh, having this face-to-face, sometimes it facilitates doing business. I believe in the hybrid model, actually, uh, of having the work uh, that can be done quickly and online to be done online and for the part related to negotiation or you need to uh, discuss something that is important or needs to interact with uh, clients or need to interact with other uh, colleagues. It's better to have face-to-face meeting from time to time. This is adding to the business definitely. So I believe in the hybrid model actually. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, Namin, thank you so much for all your comments, for your advice, for telling us what to think, how to how you think about communication. I think that's a really valid and important point. So I would really like to thank you for your time and appreciate everything you said and hope to see you in person at a future event in the in the new year. Thank you very much, uh, Jason. And uh, uh, really, I'd like to thank the Rocco team for all their efforts uh, done in the market. And they are uh, adding more to the market and uh, appreciating people and appreciating the work they do. And uh, definitely adding to the business uh, uh, where you have interaction with all uh, market players and have research that is really improving the business uh, insights. Thank you uh, for everyone who is supporting to reach out to this uh, podcast. And thank you for who will be listening to it. I hope all will be good, inshallah, in the next year and meet face to face. And Namin, thank you so much. I hope to see you soon. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening to Well Connected from Rocco Radio. I've got a couple of things to tell you before we part. Genesis is coming up in Lisbon on the 24th and 25th of May, and it's a special one since we'll be introducing this year's leading innovations and giving some well-deserved face time to the vendors who appear to one in our reports. The theme of the Visionaries Gala this year is black and white cinema stars. 
So take the opportunity to dress up and enjoy a wonderful gala evening dressed as your favourite black and white cinema star. Here's looking at you, kid. Also, don't forget the Genesis Hackathons, an amazing opportunity just started this year to engage with the industry's major problem areas by forming a team and trying to solve the challenge. This is going to be a great new element to the Genesis event this year, as we're sure you'll be really enjoying this kind of approach. Until next time, this is Jason Bryan, and thanks for listening to Well Connected from Rocket Radio.